Woo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? We are here, Scorch the Fears. We're here with Toddy. Um, she is awesome. She's really cool. I saw her on, um, I'm forgetting their, their the name of their podcast, but with Daryl Ellison and Mike Gomes on their podcast. She's amazing. She's an absolute killer in real estate. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. A hundred percent. So, Toddy, for the people that don't know you, really just quickly introduce yourself. Talk a little bit about like um, what you do in real estate and just like a quick intro into just your business. Yeah. So um, I'm Toddy. I basically got started in real estate when I got laid off during COVID. I was a waitress. Um, so I got laid off. I pretty much just had to figure it out. I got on YouTube mm. and I started looking up different things. And in the past, I had tried a lot of different, you know, make money from home online things like Amazon FBA. And um, I tried to sell like eyelashes and all these different products on Amazon. And I basically just ended up spending a lot of money, not making any money. So when I came across wholesaling, um, I had heard about it before, but I was a little skeptical. I was a little bit backed into a corner though with just being laid off. I'm like, all right, I need to make money. I'm just going to try. So just looking on some YouTube videos, I did what the YouTube video said to do and started calling homeowners. And I was calling homeowners where I lived in Las Vegas. And it was really, really challenging. Um, everyone was saying, basically, I'm the 20th person to call, take me off the list. Um, so I was getting really discouraged by that. And I found out about something called virtual wholesaling. So that led into what I do now and what I've been doing for almost three years now, which is virtual wholesaling, which basically is the same thing as wholesaling, but you're doing it in markets that are not in your backyard. So while I was living in Vegas, I started wholesaling in Cleveland, Ohio, which was 2,000 miles away. And that's where I did my first deals. Um, and then I, from there, I went on to also wholesale in St. Louis, Missouri, Georgia, North Carolina, and a lot of other places. So it started with Cleveland, Ohio, um, which I stumbled across just like looking on Facebook groups. And from there, basically for the next year and a half, I virtually wholesaled a ton of deals. Um, I think my first deal year, I did like 32 deals, um, pretty much the same my second year. And I, along the way, started helping people on Instagram as I was like documenting. Did you say 32 people. deals in your first year? Yeah. That's wild. That is really good. Um, I love it. Have you just mainly been wholesaling? Mainly been wholesaling. So I've bought about nine properties over nice. time. Um, but I, along the way, sold them all at different times for like different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, but I've learned a lot. <laughs> I've learned a lot. I've tried to flip some houses. I tried to flip some houses when I was just like a year into it. And I felt really confident at the time about what I was doing wholesaling. So I've learned a lot. And um, with going into coaching and everything too. I think when I first started in real estate, I got so excited by all the different opportunities and I just started doing everything. And right. um, I think it was good and bad because I got to learn what I'm good at and what I like and what I don't like. That was a good side. But the bad side of it is I never really focused on one thing and got to really be great at one thing. I kind of did everything. So now going into year three, I'm like taking a look at, okay, what am I excellent at? And what am I just kind of good at, but I don't really like doing and um, shifting the focus. But that's pretty much my story, what I've been doing and where I'm at now. It's been a crazy journey, but um, it really started it. with YouTube. And 
listening to a bunch of podcasts just like this. <laughs> literally well, I love it. I mean, hours. it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing to start from like that, like um, starting from like your first year, 32 deals. That's freaking impressive, right? Um, I probably started around the same time that you did, but like I just hit 30 deals this year. So like, I just want to say good job. Like that's Thank awesome. You. Thank um, you. So th this podcast is called Scorch the Fears, right? And so I always start with this question, like for you and like mainly being, what was your greatest fear when you were starting and how did you overcome it? Um. I think my greatest fear was a little different from a lot of people's biggest fear, which is just talking to the sellers. Mine was lowballing the sellers. I felt really nervous to give that really low offer. I think that's the hardest part of the whole thing. Once you can get over that, you know, it's just having conversations. But that was my greatest fear at the time. Um, and how I got over it is kind of just by not really making the offer, but kind of trying to run um, a range of numbers without offending them. And I think that's been my best way to do it. So like, for example, I'll say like, okay, well, this address here sold for about this much and this address sold for about this much. So just based on what I see online, you know, this is the range. And then if they get mad, I can say, well, I'm not offering you that. It's just what I'm, you know, see online. So that's been my best way to combat that fear and that objection of price. But I think at the end of the day, price was my biggest fear. Okay. Explain explain what you mean. Like, what do you mean by price? Why was that a fear for you? I just felt like if I give them a really low offer, I was going to get cussed out or hung up mm. on. I was afraid of that rejection or that um, initial angry reaction from the seller. Gotcha. And then so how'd you get over it? Well, I just had to just do it. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I like the method of not really putting it on me. Like, I'm not offering you this, but this is just what I'm seeing kind of to get an idea of what their number would be. And mm -hmm. then if their number is too high, then at that point I can be like, look, this is where we need to be. Obviously we're really at, at have a big um, difference, but at least it'll get me to know where they are if they don't want to tell me, if it's just one of those sellers that don't want to tell me how much they want. Gotcha. Cool. So then, okay. So let's go through it. Like you were, you were just a waitress COVID hits. How do you even hear about real estate? Like how, tell us a little bit about the journey. Well, when I was 19, so at this point I'm 26, I think 25, 26 when COVID happened. So when I was 19 though, I had got my real estate license. I had heard about wholesaling. I literally put up like two bandit signs. I didn't really think it was real. And then um, I got my real estate license after that. I got my real estate license. I had like no confidence. I didn't think I could do a deal. So I went into timeshares with my real estate license. And in timeshares, I learned sales. Um, I went on to one and I worked a bunch of jobs after that. But one of the jobs that I worked after that was at a general contractor. So there I learned about a lot about repairs because this general contractors worked only for property management. So it was just rentals. So I learned a lot about the basic repairs that properties need. So throughout all that, um, I really learned everything that I needed for this, but I didn't know I was learning that. When I got laid off, what made me think wholesaling and real estate was when I was a waitress, this guy came and sat in the restaurant um, and he left a little business card that said real estate problem solver. And I went on his Instagram and mm -hmm. I kind of looked at what he was doing. 
And I asked him like, hey, how can I get started? And he was like, you could invest your money, your savings into one of my flips. So I'm asking him about that. Okay, if I give you $20,000, what does that look like? And then I was like, okay, what if I want to start with less than that? How could I get started? And he was like, well, you can start wholesaling. And I'm like, oh, here's that wholesaling thing again. And when he mm. told me who he learned from, it was the same person that I had heard of wholesaling from um, years before when I was 19 years old. His name was the house flipping ninja, Daniel Wiafi. Like, I don't know mm. if you ever heard of him, but this is like one of the very first wholesaling gurus. And he was out in Vegas like me. So when he said that, I kind of felt like, okay, this is weird that this is happening right now when I need to make some money. So I'm just going to go with it. So I went on YouTube and that's where I saw Brent Daniels and uh, TTP and I downloaded that Great script. Guy. And um, I literally got prop stream that same day, got a dialer, went on Google and typed in like auto dialers for real estate, like literally just going through the motions of what YouTube videos are saying to do. And then the next day I was just started cold calling. I love it. Awesome. So then I always find it interesting. I think it's like a certain type of personality who, and you and me probably have that same personality where it's like, Oh, I can make tens of thousands of dollars just by calling people. Like there's like treasure out in the world in these houses. Like, okay, let's do it. But what do you say to people who are like having trouble with the people like cussing at them or like, um, you know, just like not willing to do the steps or like are scared to do the steps, even though they know bad things are going to happen? Yeah, I would definitely say that in those scenarios, you know, you just have to suck it up and do it. Or, you know, some people say eat the frog or however you want to say it. The, the key is you suck it up and do it. You can read all the motivational books you want and listen to all the speeches. But at the end of the day, like you have to just do it. Um, how I always psych myself into doing something that I don't want to do is like I set everything up to where the next step is just to do it. So, for example, if it is making a call or getting on the dialer, I'll set everything up to where all I have to do is click start dialing. And um, from there, I'll just give myself a little pep talk. And, you know, one thing that before I gave this speech, one of my friends I was nervous and one of my friends was like, just go into the bathroom and look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, one of us is going to kick ass out there. It's going to be either me or you. And I thought that was really corny and cute. Hmm. So I went and did it and it felt really good. So I think a little pep talk, uh, pre-call affirmations, and then you just count down three, two, one, and you click the button and you just do it because there's no way around it. You know, if you want to have a little ritual, a little ceremony to get yourself going, do it. But at the end of the day, there's nothing else that's going to do it but just doing it. And Pre-call affirmations. Like yeah, what? just like someone on the other side of this phone needs my help. Someone out there needs to sell their house and they have a problem property and I need to help them. You know, saying things that are going to make you feel good about it. And um, I can't wait to really someone like cusses that. me out because the next call is going to be a deal. I used to always say that to <laughs> I can't wait till someone cusses me out because the next call is going to be a deal right after that. So when someone cusses me out, I'm like, all right, good. Got it over with. Now time to get my deal. So all those things you can do to hype yourself up and prep your mind. And um, But I think the other thing that once you're in the calls, the thing that we need to be very realistic about is the amount of time that you're going to need to dedicate to it. Because people always say like, oh, wow, it's so crazy that you did six deals your first month. Or, oh, wow, it's so crazy that you did over 30 deals your first year. But I was cold calling for like 10 hours a day. It wasn't like I was doing mm. a little bit. And then even after I hired cold callers, I was still cold calling for like six hours a day. So nice. it was an immense 
time um, commitment that took a lot of other areas of my life. Like I am a mom, you know what I mean? I did have family and friends that wanted to spend time with me, but I had to make this first. So it's, yeah, it's amazing that there's $10,000 out there sitting in houses waiting for you, but they're not sitting there waiting for you. They're waiting for the person that's going to sit there and make the calls. And that's the part that is why people don't actually end up doing it or, even people who do a bunch of deals can stop, you know, because it's just, it's a constant time commitment. If you don't I, have that to give that time commitment, then you can't expect to make that. I love that. There are so many different things. There are some good, I like the pre-call affirmations. I never did that. I used to cold call. You don't know my business model. I am now direct agent, but I used to do all direct to seller and I would just cold call. But I definitely notice there's a huge difference if like your mindset for cold calling is I'm helping people here. Somebody needs me. I need to find the person that actually needs me versus like, screw me. Somebody (laughs) else is about to swear at me and this is not going to be fun. Those two mindsets change everything. You shouldn't cold cold call if you're going to have that other mindset. Right. Like 100%. And like... I just love that. And that's like a good tidbit if you're cold calling to just do pre-call affirmations. What was the one you really liked again? Say it again. It was. Um, a- I always like to say that I can't wait till somebody cusses me out because the next person I talk to is going to be a deal. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's good. <laughs> and it gets into like something that I've thought about too and that like one of my buyers told me once. I actually freak out more for showings than I do for <laughs> uh cold calling um i don't know why i think it's just i think it's because i've had bad experiences with it but um i remember like talking to one of my buyers and being like oh yeah like just know that it it, you are gonna screw up and it is gonna happen and someone will swear at you and like but that's okay that's why we get paid the big bucks and i remember thinking that it's like oh right like it's it's actually you have to have that happen in order yeah. to make it in this business. Um, I was talking to Kent Clothier, if you know him, and he was talking about how you wouldn't step into the octagon. You wouldn't be a boxer unless you were willing to get hit. It's kind yeah. of the same with entrepreneurship in yeah. a lot of different ways. So I'm just reaffirming what you already I like said. That. I agree. Um, so you're cold calling 10 hours a day. Yeah. Holy moly. How did you, yeah. how long did you do that for and how'd you survive? So I did that for, so the 10 hours a day, I did that probably for like the first two, two and a half months. And then I hired a cold caller and then I would cold mm-hmm. call for like six hours a day, but I was cold calling sellers and I was cold calling buyers too at the time, which I stopped doing like four months into it. But in the beginning I was really hell bent on like, this is what I need to do. And I'm just going to do what YouTube says. So, um, but I learned, you know, as I did that, I learned what worked for me in my market, what didn't work for me in my market, what was easiest. Right. And um, it allowed me to like kind of craft. And I learned the best thing I would say I took from all those hours of cold calling was that it did um, allow me to learn the market from talking to so many sellers because it wasn't where I lived. I was unfamiliar with the city, but it allowed me to really learn the city um, by talking to the sellers like someone who wants to learn. So it really helped me work on my sales skills. I don't think it's necessary to call cold call for that that long, but um for me it did it did help me and it kind of helped me be dedicated. No, I love it. So, 
what um so you did that your first year and then you found out about brent daniels did you ever join any mentorships or anything like that or do you just keep going no so i joined um charged up chris jefferson's mentorship oh, for a couple months i like him yeah, I like him a lot. I So my only thing was like, I'm one of those people that like, I'll buy stuff and I'll never use it. So that's my problem. Um, so I was in it for a couple months and then I ended up just canceling it because I wasn't utilizing the resources there. I was just still failing forward. Um, mm -hmm. But that was the only thing I really did. There was one called the Kingdom Real Estate. It was like a Facebook group. Um, and when I early on, I signed up for that and I was in that for a couple months too. But Mostly, I would say Facebook groups like Wholesaling Houses Ground Zero, Wholesaling Houses for Newbies, like Facebook groups like that. I would go into when I had a specific issue in a deal and I would say, hey, is there any experienced investors that can help me out with this? This is what's going on. Like um, one house had squatters or one house was legally a duplex, but the guy was saying it was a triplex. But I, I didn't understand what that even meant. I didn't understand that meant that if there's not three meters then it's not a triplex, like things like that, that I wouldn't understand because I don't know anything about real estate. I was able to post that's those so interesting and get people to help me in real time. Like people would respond to me within hours. So that's how I solved a lot of my problems. I guess you could say with like free. That's such a good hack. I really there. like that <laughs> as a hack. That's a good hack where you don't have to spend any money. It's like, look, if you don't a want lot to of people help. There's yeah, so many people investors help you. out there who just want to help. There really is. And I think people take that for granted. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, that's such a good hack I've never even thought of. It's like, instead of, like, paying money to join these mentorships, like, I did that, and it works out great. But you can also just go into some free, whenever you have a question, go into a free Facebook group and be like, hey, how the hell do you deal with squatters? What do you do about this in, like, Oklahoma or wherever that wherever you are? That's genius. That's that. I'm telling my social media manager to clip that one out. That's like a good 30 second tidbit. Um, I love it. it. So do you feel like you have <laughs> any mentors now though, or are you still just Facebook group in it? Well, I will say that I have paid for mentorships now. Um, the mentor that I have right now isn't for real estate, but it is um, really, really helpful. And then the mentorships that I've done for real estate have been like, you know, like three day classes and mm -hmm. that come with like masterminds where we all stay connected after. So I've done a few of those, um, but I'm not in like a mastermind for real estate right now. Interesting. I love yeah, it. I thought of joining um, a couple of them and I'm, I might, but right now I just joined this mastermind in November um, it's more for like the digital marketing and everything like that. And it's been really fun and really rewarding, I would say. Like, it's crazy how much quicker things go when you have a mentor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel it like is. Real estate, it was a little different for me because I just spent all my time in real estate versus like spending all my time on the computer doing other things is, is harder than talking to sellers. I think I have a natural um, enjoyment for that, for the sales process I did in the beginning. So it was easy for me to be on the phone for, for hours versus like when you're doing other things, like making a website, like stuff like that, it doesn't really go with what I'm good at. Right. Gotcha. So, okay, cool. And then, 
Okay, so you're cold calling 10 hours a day. You hire one cold caller. Then you're doing it six hours a day, which is still a lot in yeah. general, right? Um, so what? how does your business change? How does it grow? How does it evolve from there? Well, um, from there, I ended up at adding cold callers and adding um, a couple acquisitions guys. And then... I added one dispo girl. So this is just like over the course of time. So um, it at the at the height at the most I had like eight cold callers. I was doing text message marketing. I was doing a lot of different types of marketing. Um, in the last six months, I've scaled back because I really started working, putting a lot of time and effort into content and digital marketing and just branding myself. So like at the ex- very now moment, I have three co- cold callers. So I'm not doing like eight cold callers and having this big because at the most we were getting like 23, 25 leads a day. And it's really time consuming to like be going through that many leads and make sure everybody's making the calls and make sure everyone's making the follow ups. Like it's so time consuming to have that. So I scaled it kind of back right now, but um, I don't think that direct to seller marketing is something that I would, I would ever stop in my life. Even if I was doing something totally different, even gotcha. for my own, like buying my own properties. Gotcha. And then I'm just curious. So what, what does your team look like right now? You said three VAs. Is it three VAs in you? Yeah. Well, three cold callers in me and then one acquisitions VA. And then gotcha. I don't have a visible person right now. Gotcha. Cool. 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 And so what are you focusing on? You said you're focusing on branding yourself, like in what way, like, what do you tell us? Like, what's the switch? Why the switch? So I wouldn't even say the switch. I would say like, just, um, maybe like took my foot off the gas in just wholesaling, um, mm-hmm. for a couple of different reasons. So number one, even when it came to doing deals, I see myself doing a lot more deals, the more, reach I have so on social media. So in right. the beginning, 100% of my deals came from cold calling and texting and whatever I was doing. And mm-hmm. as I started to grow social media, people would bring me deals to JV. And all of my biggest deals, funny enough, have been from JVs. Um, mm-hmm. And then another layer of that too is when I started doing my virtual wholesale 30 program where I teach people how to virtually wholesale, those people ended up going into virtual markets, doing a bunch of deals, and in turn, wanting to JV deals with me too, because now we've built this relationship and now they've made money with what I've taught them. You know what I mean? So we have a really great trust-based relationship. And now I'm doing deals with my students too. So for me, the more this grows, it's like an ecosystem. The more it grows, the more deals I can do, the more my portfolio can build, the more people I can help get out of their jobs or careers or things that they're not wanting to be doing and be happy financially for once, you know, like all of these things, it's kind of like an ecosystem. So when I say building my brand, um, a lot of content, like a lot of making a lot of videos going on live a lot, coming up with challenges for people on Instagram, um, spending money like to boost posts and things like that. So more people see those things. Um, and like, kind of like what you were saying with having a team, having a team for this is just as important as having a team for real estate. Yeah, no, I love it. It's cool. It's a cool journey. I'm like, 
similar with yours, except I'm trying to, I'm trying to hire, I'm trying to make the wholesaling self-sufficient as much as I can before I, before I go, well, I'm still going full circle, but like you said, you got a coaching program and stuff and that's awesome. Like I bet, like, what's the, um, what's the, what's the most rewarding part about real estate in general for you? I like the people, the people that I've met, the people, the people. Yeah. 100%. Like even this conversation right now, who knows what me and you are going to do in the future. And what it started from, you saw me on Instagram. I would say that I don't know if real estate would be as rewarding without social media for me because social media has been, because I started documenting right when I started making calls to sellers, Mm -hmm. it kind of grew together. And I think that's, what's a little bit different for me. Um, that it's always been a part of my real estate journey. So what made you want to do that? What made you want to start? Cause I saw that. I didn't that. think like, that I would really literally... stick to it if I didn't <laughs> oh, put really? myself out there. Yeah. I was like, man, I'm going to like say that I'm going to do this. And if I put it out there, I'm going to feel like an asshole if I quit. So mm-hmm. I started off on my personal page and people were t- literally talking shit to me in, mm-hmm. uh, in my stories. They're replying back, you know, so I made a different Instagram for it. And I put on there, if you guys want to follow me and be positive, follow me. But if you're going to, you know what I mean? Just be stupid because I have all my friends just, you know, just being jerks. And um, that's when I started this other Instagram and I would text blast and I would cold call and I would just post on there like, let's see what's going to happen. I showed my office, which was just a desk on a wall with my vision board and like some affirmations around me. Hmm. And um, just being in that environment, I think, really helped me. And documenting all of that helped people who were also trying to learn. We started collabing and helping each other and it just grew together. Um, so I don't think... I think that all of those people have been the most rewarding part. And um, I've gone on to have other businesses and do other things with with people that I've met from Instagram because of real estate. So, and then the money, I guess that would be the other most rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like that a lot. Like, I like the idea of, I wish I had done that. I wish I had like started doing social media at the beginning of like when I just started um my logic was just like it's like man like i just i don't have time for this i need to just actually get some freaking money in the door right now but the fact you did it is amazing what how did you deal because that is such a common thing i dealt with this with social media until like last year i dealt with like the man like i don't i don't want to put myself out there people are mean like what are they going to think of me like who am i even like who am i to be interviewing toddy right now like who am i you know like what what do i deserve to be interviewing these giants in the or these really big people in the industry and be trying to give advice to people on real estate right so what would you say to those people who like to the starting entrepreneurs who are like yeah i don't want to do that like my friends are going to be mean to me i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to put myself out there well, that's literally why I made another Instagram. I highly suggest it. Get free yourself from the judgment of your hometown assholes because that's like right. the hardest part, I think, is just the people that have known you your whole life judging you. Um, and then once you get over that, it's kind of – I won't say it goes away. I think the imposter syndrome kind of always follows you, but you have to you have to convince yourself that you're bigger than that. You have to know who are you. You are – you have to know who are you? That's a good question to ask. Who am I? And I think I've always known that I was 
meant to do something bigger than just make money or bigger than just be happy for myself and live in luxury. Like that's not what really motivates me. So I've always known that I was going to have to get over a lot of stuff. I'm going to have to get over that. It's hard. I'm going to have to get over that. People are going to make fun of me because I want to do something great. That's just what comes with trying to do something great. Like they made fun of Muhammad Ali and now right. look how people talk about him. So I think right. we just have to accept that if we want to be great, people are going to talk about us. I don't give a damn what people say about me, honestly. But that's not to say that when people said things like a lot of people would always say, who are these people going on social media talking about real estate? And they've only been doing it for a year, two years. You know, a lot of people say a lot of things like that. And to people who are very experienced and they and you say things like that, just know that you are discouraging people from being on a platform, expressing themselves, being themselves, trying to just document their journey. I never once said I'm an expert at real estate until I became an expert at virtual wholesaling. And I still only say I'm an expert at that. I don't hear it sit here and say, I'm an expert at real estate. I'm not an expert flipper. I'm not an expert, a lot of different things in real estate. So, um, but even to, to sit here and say that I'm doing this and I teach a course on this, like that takes a lot because you're always going to feel like there's going to be people who have a lot more experience than you that are going to look down on you or talk about you. And it happens. And it happened to me a lot. But at the end of the day, those people didn't pay my bills. They didn't take care of my kids. But that's so true. I did, you know, with with the work that I put in. And a lot of people have turned around. I remember one of the first buyers I talked to, he was such a jerk. He was like, you know nothing about Cleveland. You don't need to be wholesaling. If you even know any buyers, you should just give them to me and let me give you a percentage because Jeez. you're never going to make it. You're Like he just totally chewed me out. Ben, literally like a year and some change later, he contacted me again didn't really apologize but i took it as an apology but basically was like you know he sees what i'm doing and like good job or whatever so (laughs) just know that everything comes full circle just keep doing great things and being the greatest version of yourself and there will be a time where you can look back and feel worthy of giving advice but whether you know it or not you're worthy of giving advice about something right now You've gone through something love you it. can help people get through it. I love that so much for so many different reasons. One is, is like, yeah, they, he didn't put food on the table. It's like, screw you, dude. <laughs> Who are you? Like, 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 and like guys, like, especially with buyers, this is like, this isn't even social media related, but like, this is like a, when you send out a deal with buyers, guys, don't get yeah. discouraged when one says your, your ARV is trash. Cause I guarantee you, you'll get a text and like, next five minutes where they're like, I want it. Right. Like that just happens. And it's the same with social media too. Right. Like there's a lot of people who, um, are like, are like, uh, um, who are going to be really supportive and some who are going to be like, who are you? Like, what are you doing? Right. I was lucky. I actually have like pretty good friends. I don't think they, nobody ever said it to my face that I wasn't going to make it, but (laughs) People, I think they said behind their back, they were like, my friends were just like, oh, Jonah, like, here he goes again with that crazy entrepreneurial idea. But this was the one where I actually was like, no, 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 we're going to do this. Um, But really, guys, like in terms of in terms of just social media, 100% do it. You will not regret it. I, like Tati was saying, like she gets deals from it. I get deals from it. I get credibility. I get private money from it. I get everyone 
like it's just like I think it's the way that this might be a screwed up way of saying it, but it's also how we judge whether someone's experienced or not is whether they're on social media, right? So I feel like um, since I've started doing social media stuff, it's made it where people are just more willing to trust me in the deals that I'm already doing. I can send them to an Instagram page where I've done one hundreds of reels, right? Or I can send them to my YouTube channel and they're like, oh yeah, like this guy's actually putting out content. That means he's real. Yeah. So you're not gonna you're not gonna screw somebody over and jeopardize years of content and effort. And that's what I always say to people when they get all sketchy about Jay being a deal or whatever. I'm like, dude, do you think I would really risk everything that I spent years building right. for this one deal? Right. Exactly. So um, going into what you said you had a vision board at the beginning when you were starting cold calling. I think that's interesting because where'd you even learn the idea of a vision board? And like, how did you, because I feel like I didn't even know what a vision board was until like a year ago. Um, I, I've always been like into the law of attraction and you know, more, I guess, mystical stuff. So um, I've been vision boarding since I was a teenager, really. Wow. Um, but this vision board, the first vision board I made for real estate, I would say was the first vision board that like worked. <laughs> I would say like okay. this stuff on it actually happened. And um, the cool thing was it was the first time I ever put it into practice too of like imagining every contract signed and imagining every conversation like okay he said yes and then eventually it would become like a little real at night i would play like okay i got talked to this lady i want her to do this i'm talking to this guy i need him to do that and obviously everything wouldn't always happen i've lost a ton of deals so right but um overall it really helped put me into a great amazing energy every day that everything was going to go my way it allowed me to reach out to all the sellers tackle all the problems and um Till this day, I have a vision board. I love visualization. I think it's the most important thing to having a future or having a having a life that you want to live. It starts with the vision. So I think vision boarding for me is the best. I love it. And then you also mentioned that you have a kid. Like, how was it? I think there are a lot of people who in real estate right now are like, just in general, they have kids. They have like responsibilities. I don't like they have other things than just kids like mortgages and all sorts of stuff. Because I've heard things where people are like, yeah, like that was easy for you, Jonah. You were 25 and didn't and you were already broke anyways, which is hilarious to me. Some people like say the fact that I didn't have any money was an advantage in a way because I didn't have any responsibility either. But how did you get over the fears of like being like, Hey, like I, I have a kid, like, how am I going to take care of my kid and deal with all of that as well as start this business? I think number one, when you start any business, you need to have a nest egg and you need to have some money saved up to feel comfortable, especially when you have a family you have to provide for. I'm not a risk your family's livelihood so you can chase your dream. I don't think that's wise. I wouldn't suggest anyone do that. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, I had a nest egg. I, I was comfortable I had like over six months of savings. I had the whole thing to feel comfortable enough. Number two, I started off with just uh, $400 a month. I started off with a small budget. That's why I chose cold calling because I knew I could do all the legwork, but it would be a cheap budget. Um, but 
on the part about it being like, oh, easy for you to do it because I, so I had my son already when I started, I had my daughter in March of 2021. So this is like mm. a year into me doing real estate. So in my first year I was pregnant. I had her, my second year I had a newborn and mm. my second year I still did over 30 deals with a newborn. So, um, I really want to be a big, like proponent of, and this is not me. Like, I know some people say, oh, it's like grind culture. It's like work yourself to death. But I don't want to say that that's the way to do it. But if you want to do something bad enough, it will get done. You don't have to do that much. You could do 10 deals in a year and be fine. You could do one deal a month. And if one deal is 10, 15K, that's more than enough money to be fine. So if you have a life that takes a lot of your time, there's a way to do this at a small scale. Like I told you, I scaled back. If I can scale back and make money doing this and make money doing other things to the point where like it's not an all or nothing thing. You don't have to be wholesaling and making a million dollars or nothing. You can choose right. the amount that you need and you can work to your comfort. So if you have a part-time job, there's people that work full-time jobs and do this on the side. There is a way to fit it in. It's just about the consistency. If you can only do two hours a day, just make sure you're doing two hours a day every day. But um, if you only need 10 grand a month, then you only really need to do one or two deals a month. It's not, it doesn't have to be this big operation. And that's what people don't really get. And I tried to scale too fast and failed um, right in the beginning in month, like six and seven, I hired a bunch of VAs and I thought I could do it, but it was too hard for me. So I think pacing yourself, um, but making excuses is a thing that you can't do because if you're sending out, um, you said you do agent marketing, you know, that's another thing. There's so many different ways to do it. Agent marketing, um, mailers, you can be doing texting and calling. There's so many ways to do it that if you choose a way and you're consistent with it, you will get deals. It doesn't have to be a ton of deals, but I would just say don't make excuses because if I can do it with kids with bills with an infant you know you can do it too you just have to figure out what excuses you're making and um get them out of the way so you can focus on what's important to this day i haven't met anyone who works every single day consistently who doesn't eventually become successful at you, some it, point there's no i don't think way. it's possible it's i don't think it's possible, possible in real estate <laughs> <laughs> like it's like it, there's just it's just a point there's just like too many deals out there it's like actually kind of insane that something like real estate exists to me i was like i always thought that <laughs> i remember when i was like starting like looking up entrepreneurship when i was like in college when i was 20 i thought i had to be like steve jobs to make a ton of money like i yeah. thought i had to actually be creative and i thought i knew i was screwed because i i'm not creating the iphone i'm a, i'm a good executor but i'm not creative at all um, i'm one of the only people who's willing to say that i feel like because everybody wants to be creative for some reason but real estate is just it's just the cheat code i don't understand why people don't do it as much to be honest but Anyways, people so don't get comfortable getting uncomfortable, you know, you, you got over the fact that you'd have to talk to people, but you just have to have a regular conversation. Do you think that you could make a hundred hours of seller calls and not get a deal? It's like impossible. That's impossible. Unless you're right? speaking Spanish or something. Like I want to do a challenge where the like, language. I want to do a challenge where like a bunch of newbies do a hundred hours. That would be wild. 100 hours of seller calls. And I would do it too. Like, I, I really think it would be super dope to see how many deals come out of 100 hours. And then now whenever people ask me, how long will it take me to get a deal? I just tell them 100 hours of seller mm. calls. 
that would That's... be really interesting. That would be a hundred percent interesting to know. What um what challenges are have you done or like you're doing on uh, social media? So I've done a Are You Scared of Cold Calling Challenge because I think that was one of the most frustrating things for me trying to get people to get started. People will pay for a program. They will learn everything. They will attend all the meetings and then they won't make the call. So Actually it's like, do it. It got so frustrating to me. I'm like, why are you guys even spending money? Like, So I did a Scared of Cold Calling Challenge, which was awesome because two deals came out of it for people nice. who were just petrified to even pick up a phone. So I love doing things like that. Um, I did a free seller lead harvesting challenge. So I taught them how to get seller leads for free because another issue people were telling me um, they had was spending a lot of money on leads. I try to do things that I try to do challenges that are easy for anyone to get in, like not having to pay, you know, hundreds of dollars for this program, just something that people who don't have money or who express to me, like, I really want to get started, but I don't have money. I don't have a budget. Um, So finding free seller leads and, Upcoming, I'm going to do an SMS challenge. So like a, mm. a text blast challenge where we text the same sellers, a really, really niche list of sellers. And um, and I teach people, you know, just unique ways of talking to sellers in texts that most people aren't doing. So it'll give them a better advantage. And then hopefully some deals come out of that too. But deals have come out of all the challenges. They've all been like $20, $30 to join the challenge. And that's like, me kind of in a small group format, really teaching people. So it's been a lot of fun. And um, this year I want to do a lot more lives, a lot more challenges, a lot more virtual events. And that's part of the whole branding. When I say like myself, it's like that, the whole community thing and just helping people get deals ultimately virtually. I love it. Yeah. No. What, uh, can you give us some of the sauce? What's the extra texting stuff? That's super Well, secret. I think that, I will say that, hello, first name, you know, I'm, I was driving by your house. Are you interested in selling? Like, that's super it's dead. The same old, like, same yeah, old. Yeah, it's the same old, same old. You have to entice people with something that they're not hearing um, a lot of. So I really try hard to be creative and um, even trying to be a little bit funny and trying to be really, really unique. And you might even be able to sweeten the deal. I'm not saying what to say necessarily, but you might even be able to say, you know, I can offer you more. You know, there's just certain things that you can say in a text that'll make somebody text you back. Um, yeah. One thing I will give you a, one little secret. When I did a text campaign on um, like a smaller niche list, because I wouldn't do this on a really big list because it would waste text, but on a smaller list, I might even just text, hey, first name, like, hey, Jerry, hey, Nick. And they're going to text back because they think that you're one of their friends. And that's just an easy way to see if you even have the right phone numbers. I because like that. that was a challenge that I had. Like, I'm texting people. It's not them. I'm calling people and it's not them. So that's was a really easy way to find out I have all the right phone numbers for these people or I don't. Mine back in the day when I did direct to seller is I just started in the middle of the conversation. So when I did a text blast, I would be like, um, what did I say? I said something like, um, I don't even remember if I said that I might've literally just been like, so how much, how much work does your house need? I think I'd literally just text that. And then it would be, they'd be like, who are you? It's like, Oh, I'm Jonah. I'm the real estate investor interested in buying your house. So I was curious how much your house needed. And then I at least got a response. 
which that's good. that was one I did. I like that. That was one. I like that, that was one lot. back in the day that increased my like start uh, mid sentence. Yeah, just be like, just assume that, just start in the middle of a conversation. That's just one. But um, cool. So, where are you going now? What are your goals for 2023? Like, what are you? It sounds like you're coaching. You're not. You're scaling back the whole thing a little bit so you can focus on these other things. Like, what are your what are your goals? Where are you going this year? So I'm, I'm wanting now to not sell the properties I buy anymore. I want to keep them. So um, this year, my smaller, I guess, scaled back direct to seller marketing team is focused on finding deals that I would actually buy. So mm. that's why I'm, why I'm um, doing it that way too. So I want to buy four units and up right now um, mm. in the virtual markets that I'm in because I know people, I know contractors, I have boots on the ground there. I'm comfortable with those markets and um, rehabbing, either burring them or buying them cash and just rehabbing them. So that's my focus for this year is buying and keeping and then um, also growing everything like we talked about. And I do want to get scale back up with wholesaling. So recently I've brought on more of a team for like the toddy virtual side as far as like marketing and sales and social media managers and stuff like that. So I'm getting to a point where I can, you know, pivot back and um, grow the wholesaling team too. I feel like right now is a really good time with how the market's being weird to do mm -hmm. a lot of deals. So keeping deals, doing more deals and, and growing my brand. I'm speaking at my first event in March and um, speaking in public on a big stage has been something that's been on my vision board since that first vision board that was nice. in, that, in that room. So I'm super excited. Um, it's going to be at Quentin Flores and Aaron Bevins' event in San Antonio. Um, so ideally speak on a few more stages this year and um, grow that side of myself. I, I've always wanted to speak and motivate. So I'm, I'm just really excited to see like what all I can do in life. Like I haven't boxed myself into anything and I think opportunities keep on coming. So I'm just excited to like ride the wave. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Cool. I like it so much. And then with your, with your students, like I'm curious, like what have been, what do you feel like is the most common issue? This is what I always ask people who are coaching is like, what are the most common issues you see at the beginning? And then how do you solve them usually? I think the hardest part is for people to dedicate that block of time every day. Um, that's been the hardest part, like the consistency with the daily schedule. Honestly, the people who have committed themselves and done it every day have had. What is the daily schedule? A daily schedule of like at least three hours a day. Like that's the absolute minimum. I tell them like three or four hours a day. For a second, I thought you were going to be at least 10 hours a day. No, guys. no, Come no. On like, now. <laughs> people have jobs and stuff like that. I understand it. But if you're not at least trying to talk to sellers for a good three hours a day, you know, mm -hmm. 40 outbound seller calls a day, it's going to be very hard to get enough deals to make a living out of it. Anyone who's stuck to that and a lot of a lot of students have gone above and beyond. Um, like one student I had in July, she did five deals like the following month after she took the class because she wow. was so dedicated and she was spending five, six hours a day on the phone. Um, she was texting and calling at the same time, following up with everyone, you know, just really following the system. And um, she did five deals. There was a guy that worked at McDonald's and for like 10 years and he ended up 
stopping working at McDonald's and doing like a 30K deal, a 38K deal, a 12K deal, all within a short period of time. And it was like everybody who really followed the system um, and put the hours in definitely saw the results. So I think the hardest part, though, is for people to set that time aside, because like you said, everyone has all these things going on in their life. So today your mom might call you and tomorrow you got to go to work a little earlier and the next day and the days just keep going by and you put wholesaling on a back burner. Like I'm going to start that wholesaling thing next week. I'm going to start that wholesaling thing. And that's been the biggest struggle, getting people yeah. to actually start and be consistent and committed. I mean, it's just crazy to me how like simple it is to be successful in this, but it also like reminds me of like going to the gym or like getting like, like getting a six pack, even though I think that's way harder than wholesaling. I've had a six pack in my life. And I, I feel like that whole struggle was way harder than wholesaling. I feel like it's because, definitely harder to have a six pack than wholesaling. Yeah, like 100%. I think it's I think with wholesaling, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's way easier to get 20k in wholesaling than get than get a six pack because six pack like you actually have to be hungry all the time. Like you're actually like kind of in pain all the time. Well, like wholesaling, it's like you whole call three, four hours a day. Yeah, it sucks during that three to four hours a day, but you can like still do a lot of stuff while it's happening. And like, that's just the baseline. So it's, yeah. We're probably the type of people that prefer mental pain to physical pain though, because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would totally be like, what? Getting a six pack is way easier than making $20,000. You don't think I don't know. I feel like getting a six pack is both. I feel like it's mental pain and physical pain. I think it's, I don't know. It it definitely is true. (laughs) I would say it's both. But I mean, my point, my point being that basically like wholesaling real estate in general is like such an amazing thing where it doesn't matter what the interest rates are doing. It doesn't matter what's happening. There is a buyer for houses always in 2008. Definitely. In 2008, there were buyers like and that was actually like a great time to be wholesaling from what I've heard. Right. Like I, like I keep hearing like this stuff with interest rates. I'm right now I'm going to do a challenge soon with my dad who he really he sees what I'm doing. And he's like, Jonah, I want to do it. And I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do let's let's I'm going to like start a challenge where it's like uh, I like a. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to call it, but it's going to be something like making my dad a millionaire or something like that. Okay, and see if we can get it. him like see if we can get him like a million dollars in wholesale fees like really quickly i want to see like because he's the type of guy who'll who'll go really hard and that would be really fun but um i'm getting lost i'm supposed to be interviewing you and i'm just going on rant no 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 no. you were talking you were talking about about um, the challenge (laughs) it is supposed to be about you though so how do you choose which virtual market to go into like how did you choose your markets so the first one actually stumbled upon it just based off of facebook groups i kept seeing people selling these cheap deals in cleveland and in my mind i'm like okay, I felt more comfortable wholesaling a 20K deal than a 200K deal because I felt like I could buy a 20K deal. I can't buy that deal. So just the imposter syndrome thing again. Um, But then from there, I look for cash flowing markets for Mm -hmm. virtual wholesaling. Um, I don't really get stuck on like, oh, the ARV has to be high. I just look for places where people can get a good cash flow, good rate of return on rentals, like Mm -hmm. Cleveland, St. Louis, the Midwest in general is really good for the, for that. Um, so that's my main thing. And then a good population, a good percentage of cash buyers as well. Um, cause you want to make sure you have people to sell the deals to. And then I also like a good Facebook group, like a good hmm. real estate investment Facebook group for that market, because then you can network with people, find boots on the ground, find agents to work with, sell your deals there, find people who want to sell deals there. So it's a uh, really good. And it's vital for me to know that whatever markets I'm in have 
one, two, three really active Facebook groups for investors. I love it. Okay, cool. So interesting. I like it because like my next market, I I'm in really different ones. I'm in, I went not virtual and I used to live in San Francisco. So which oh, wow. is the opposite of that, That's hard. right? It, it's hard, but everywhere is hard is what I always say. Right. So I do like that though. I feel like, I feel like red States cash flowing markets would be like a, definitely like a good choice. And then, yeah. So like what you said you were into, like real estate stuff and like um, vision boards since you were how old? You said like 16, 19? No, um, like vision boards, probably like 14. How did you learn about that stuff? Because I didn't even learn about entrepreneurship until I was like 20. And then I'm like, oh, dang, that would actually be kind of cool to start a business. So like, let's talk about like very young Toddy. Like how did you come across self-help and businesses and stuff like that? So it's funny because the whole vision board thing wasn't even like a self-help thing. The vision board was in, I used to read a lot of books. Um, I like, like, what do they call them? Youth, youth, whatever, YL, youth literature. Um, My parents were the type of parents that didn't let us have video games or cable TV or anything. So my whole childhood, I didn't have any of that. I just read books. So I read like Harry Potter and things like that. So one of the teenage girl books that we read was about a girl who was not a witch necessarily, but like magical, I guess you could say, like things happened for her or whatever. And a vision board was a part of that book. So hmm. early on, you know, my sister and I, we printed out like small pictures and we put them on a little piece of construction paper and have our little board, our little vision boards. I don't even know if we called them vision boards or we called them wish boards or what, but we used to make them when I was younger. When I got older um, is when I read and watched The Secret and got reintroduced to that and um, found out about like Abraham Hicks and the law of attraction and then Neville Goddard and just all these different people with all these theories. And then there's like ancient African ones. So I'm just really interested in stuff like that, like history and spirituality and how it all kind of comes together in the world we live in and like, you know, the fourth, fourth dimensional world and just all those types of things that just really make you think about who are we, why are we here? You know? So in all of that, um, I learned that the power of our thought, um, it actually was way down the line when I read think or grow rich, like way after vision boards and way after affirmations that I even found out about think and grow rich. But when I read that, it kind of, confirmed everything that I had kind of been putting together with all these different resources. Um, I'm a huge Oprah fan. So I don't know, um, like a lot of people probably don't care about Oprah anymore, but growing up that she was like huge. So I was always a big Oprah fan and she always recommended books that talk about these things um, like seat of the soul and the power of now. So I was a big like Oprah's book club junkie too. Mm. Just all of these different things. So it was Oprah. That's how you found out when you were 14. It was Oprah. (laughs) Oprah was probably like a big part of it was Oprah. Like from childhood though, like I started watching Oprah when I was probably like five or six with my mom. So Mm. definitely Oprah. Um, There we go. Spirituality and then the secret eventually. But yeah, it's always been a part of everything. Was real estate your first business venture? No, I had six failed businesses. So I tried to do like a cleaning company, a food company. Um, I got my real estate license. 
I had um, an eyelash company. I had two Amazon FBA products. Um, whew, I try to do a lot of different things. I joined some MLMs. I joined It Works. I joined mm-hmm. um, Legal Shield. Um, what made the, What made real estate different? You think? Everybody always asks me that. Real estate was the first time I actually did it every day consistently, no matter mm. what. I got obsessed. Like when I tell you, if I wasn't on the phone talking to sellers, buyers, or people in my market, I was on YouTube watching wholesale to millions make calls, watching different deals, different things on YouTube. And I still do that to this day. Like right now I'm looking at multifamily stuff because I want to buy four units and up. I'm watching people rehab and I'm watching people analyze deals. I have a really obsessive personality, but it never clicked like this until real estate for some reason. What, like, what made never... you obsessed? What, why? Maybe the what? amount of money, like maybe the mm. numbers and the amount of money that can be made finally made me like, okay, this is it. I'm taking this serious. <laughs> for some reason, I never took anything else seriously. Right. No, I get it. I mean, like you can, you can just, the thing with real estate is like, you can see people making 10 K, 20 K, 50 K, a hundred K checks. And not the smartest people either. Oh, usually the idiots. Generally, (laughs) the dumber you are, the better you are at real estate. No, literally, because I've talked to, I've talked to my friends about this. Like we're not dumb, obviously. Right. But like everybody else who, I think there are a lot of dumb people who are really good at this business because they don't think about it too much and they just get on the phone and like do the thing. While like if you don't do that, the people I think smart people have a disadvantage in real estate because they think too much about it. They're too freaking in their own heads thinking about that like imposter syndrome and like, oh, am I doing this right? Well, the dumb people are like, whatever. I've heard that if I just keep going, it happens. So then it works. Yep. I don't know. That's my opinion on that. A hundred thousand million bajillion percent. And that's when you see that and you see, okay, that guy made 20, 30, 50, 80, 200 K and they're not that smart or whatever. Maybe they are smart, but they're just another person just like you. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Like it just, it doesn't. And I've tried to make so many different people in my life do it, friends, family, whatever. And you know, it's not for everyone, but I feel like making large amounts of money should be for everyone. Like why wouldn't it be for everyone? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, when they say it's just not for me, I'm like, why? I don't understand why. What why? the hell you are you not, doing? You hate money? Like, why? Yeah. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> what are you doing in general? I like it. So we're hitting at the end of the podcast. Um, I love ending the podcast with this one question, which is basically if you, Tati, could go to yourself right when you were starting real estate and tell yourself what would you tell yourself if you could go back in time to when you just started knowing everything you know now? Mm. It's a really good question. I would tell myself not to get distracted by anything. I would tell my, I would, I would probably give myself like a little vision. If you don't get distracted by anything for two years and you keep doing the exact same thing you're doing right now, this is option A. If you do get distracted, like I would tell myself basically what would happen in the future. If you do allow yourself mm-hmm. to get distracted, this and this will happen. And then I think with me knowing for a fact, like, hey, it's future me telling myself this, then I would have done the right thing, which would be not trying to scale as fast, focusing on the same business structure that I had when I just had 
a few cold callers and me because the thing about having a bigger team is a lot more people to pay. Um, right. And I wasn't ready for that overhead at the time. Um, so that would be number one. And then number two, like personal life distractions. I would warn myself of personal life distractions, um, which, you know, in hindsight, I had to learn the lessons to learn them. But had I not, I think it would have shortened my success timeline. Like, you know, I'm not a millionaire yet. Maybe I would have been, but I don't really regret anything, but that's what I would tell myself. I love it. Awesome. Cool. Cool. So where can people find you? How should they reach out to you? If they want to reach out, send you deals, where should they send you deals? Give us, give us all the plugs. Yes. So, um, Toddy virtual one word all together on Instagram, YouTube, um, Twitter, Facebook, everything. TikTok. Um, yeah. So, but Instagram is the best place to DM me. Mm-hmm. And um, I do li- I do go on live a lot. So if you just want to ask like random questions in real time, just hop on a live and um, I pretty much answer everything in those. So yeah, Instagram is the best place though. Gotcha. And you have coaching, right? Like how do people yes. find coaching? So I do um, in my Instagram in the first link of the in the bio, you can apply. So right now we're not taking anyone, but we will be again um, towards the end of the month. So mm-hmm. kind of do like a pause because I can't handle like, a lot because I really try to give people time and give right. people my energy. So um, yeah, go in there and apply. And then when we a space opens up, you know, you'll we'll hop on a call and see if it's a good fit. I freaking love it. Toddy, thank you so much. Do you have anything, any last words you want to say to Thank you for having me audience? on. I appreciate you thinking of me and, and bringing me on. It was fun. No, it was great. I'm glad we were able to get you on. You did great. I had a great time. It was awesome. So guys, Next week we'll be we'll be back on our regular schedule Thursday 5 p.m. PST. I keep forgetting who I have on. I either have Brittany Berryman or I have April Giuliano. I got to check it out, but they're both two really big people. One in astro flipping. Do you know astro flipping? It's another community. Yeah. Yep. It's the I one's work really with big. So many in people from sub two and astro flipping. It's so funny because a ton of students from there I JV deals with and meet all the time on Instagram. They're both, they're, they're both, I'm in both of them. I don't know if you know Julius favorites. Hardy from sub two, but he's a cool friend of mine that we've been doing some deals lately together. Mm-hmm. No, no, I don't know. I need, I'm very, I get myself known, but then I don't know anyone. I'm really, unless I do something like this with someone, I'm not going to know who they are or they're like <laughs> 10 times famous. Like you really guys have a lot famous. of people in sub two that are just really like really cool and hungry and want to do deals. So it's been it's a cool. good community. That's yeah. honestly like I, I would know I was doing my outro there, but like if you join one, I think you should join. <laughs> I think you should join sub two because the next step for you that would be cool to learn would be creative financing. I think yes. that would be awesome for you to if you added that on, you probably. Tell so I've done. I've done a few doing. creative deals. I have. Okay. Cool. I have a. I bought a. I bought a condo creatively and I sold it creatively now, but nice. I bought a couple deals creatively. Um, sorry. Yeah, we definitely. We definitely interrupted the outro. Sorry. Yeah, everyone. it's fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever. They're here, to, they're here to have fun, so it's okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I would just say that's like the next thing. And yeah, like honestly, like stay after this for a little bit. We should talk about some cool creative stuff we could do together because that's yeah, what I definitely. would do in your markets. So let me finish this outro. Guys, next week, 5 p.m. PST. I will see you all there. Thank you so much for coming live. Let's freaking go. Let's freaking go.